What's up, guys? Welcome Hello back again. to Welcome the back to the Dallas podcast. Dallas podcast for the fans by the fans. I'm your host, My name Matt is Kenny Price. I'm your host. Wait, what? 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 Uh, am I in the wrong recording? We, we have we have entered the FCD podcast Twilight Zone. It seems I hear the cool kids say it's Black Mirror, not Twilight Zone nowadays. I'll, I can ask That's one of my racist. friends for the cool kids, but uh, I can't answer on behalf of the cool kids, unfortunately. For the record, everyone, uh, I actually had to remind Kenny the words to his own intro to his own <laughs> in case y'all wanted an idea of how long it's been for him. It's, and it's, we've been, had a, it's, been, a, it's been a minute. We had a good debate going on as to what the words were to the intro. I got it right, of course. Yeah, I think it was Walter and then me and then Kenny. Uh, funny enough, the June, one who actually says it was furthest from it. But June twenty fourth, two thousand nineteen, guys. No, we had one in episode like twenty nineteen and like on in October, I think. Well, we didn't upload it to the RSS stream. <laughs> <laughs> we must have threw that one away, Walter. You guys yeah, are right. almost as consistent as uh, I am here with this podcast. So I thought like, you were go. gonna say. I thought you were gonna say as as consistent as Brian Acosta. Well, no, he's very consistent. He's consistently shit. Um, <laughs> sorry, I guess we'll get into more Brian Acosta later on. But uh, thanks for joining, y'all. I'm your host, Matt Duell. This is mine. This is not the 19th minute. Uh, just kidding. Uh, Joe couldn't make it, but uh, he sends his warmest regards. <laughs> that sounds like he's dead. I should say that. Uh, <laughs> but I am, of course, joined by the podcast currently slash formerly, depending on who you ask, uh, known as the 19th minute got Kenny Price and Walter El Quimico Martin. I don't know if you want me to say your last name or not. Yeah, but, uh, go, go, go. it's fine. I don't it's care. The last name of uh, half of what well, would have been half of this call if Joe was here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm glad you guys could join us. And I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who missed the sound of uh, Kenny's great. Kenny, you really do have a great uh, a great voice for podcast and radio. Whenever I, I always liked hearing your intros. I think you've got a good broadcaster voice, so it's nice. Every, everybody said I had good voice voice for that. It was really strange. I was never supposed to be the host of that podcast, um, ever like the entire time. But then, like, eventually, people quit, and like somebody's got a host. And if you want to keep podca- podcast going, so yeah. My ex-girlfriend I heard, said I, I had heard, a face for podcasts, so that's cool. A face for podcasts, yeah, and which is really strange because y'all know I'm from Alabama, and I think I mask the accent well. Yeah, you don't. But, you know, sometimes. There you go. I was very surprised to find yeah, out. You don't Alabama. mask it when you say Alabama. Well, no. When you say Alabama. You Real say bad. Alabama. Anyway. Whatever, anyway. Walter, we get it. You're from California, and this is how you talk. <laughs> That is exactly how I talk. Walter's in a mood. LAFC, the Club America. <laughs> His first Tigress, actually, sir. Oh, wait, no, I guess, yeah. But yeah, they did win that game. We had a. Anyway. We had a. That was a good time watching that game. That was some good old uh, Saturday night. Was that Saturday Conca night? Calf. Conca Calf. Conca bullshit. I've got the CCL fever, and it turns out it was COVID. Uh, <laughs> So I'm stuck at home for 10 days. Uh, that was such a crazy game that even my girlfriend, who doesn't really care about sports much, she usually just watches Vampire Diaries on her phone while I have sports on the TV. But I guess it's her way of being like, I'm in the same room as you. This counts as supporting you and your interests, right? <laughs> um, even she would, she kept looking up during the first half. She's like, another person's down hurt? <laughs> it's like her words. I was like, yep. And then, uh, and then she saw the Ochoa red card. 
And then at halftime, it's the coaches fighting. She goes, they need to just like cancel the game or something. <laughs> well, let's be honest, Matt. You know, she just want to come hang out with you because, you know, nobody wants to deal with the screaming, you know, twins in the next room. So now, I they get were it. In, I'm a dad. I understand. They were in the same room uh, refusing to go to sleep, just walking around, just wreaking havoc on the living room like they always do. Uh, I've got them. I've told her to go lock them in our bedroom real quick while I'm on the other side of the house so that y'all don't hear a uh, die in the background of uh, this podcast. So so I had the, the listeners in mind. It's for uh, the kids. Yeah. Or as the Michael Jordan meme. <laughs> Fuck them <Okay>. kids. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, it's been, let's see, today is December 21st. Uh, shit, it's been, what, a month plus since FC Dallas last played. I don't remember the, last, the date of that Seattle game. But uh, instead of really getting into like a minute by minute breakdown of that game, since it's not really fresh in anyone's memory, and I'm sure you guys have heard enough about that game, just overall. Wait, what happened to FC Dallas in that game? Uh, they won three nil. I believe Matt Hedges scored a perfect hat trick of a left foot, a header, and then he scored a bicycle kick in the 90th minute. Ah. Uh, 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 okay. No, unfortunately, that's not what happened because FC Dallas played the Seattle Sounders, and you know how that story goes in the playoffs. FC Dallas loses 1-0 on a set piece, kind of the ultimate nut punch way to lose a game of that magnitude. Um, overall, uh, what were y'all's thoughts on FC Dallas's performance in that game? Uh, Kenny, you can go ahead and go first. You know, I'm not specifically talk about the game. Um, we kind of knew it's always crazy, you know. FC Dallas playing in Seattle, in Seattle, even though you didn't have any fans there, but it just, yeah. it's kind of like you just kind of expect it to happen. Um, I will, I will say, going back to the, you know, winning the one playoff game against Portland, um, I thought that was a, a big deal going forward. Um, mm-hmm. As far as you know, we knew about the loss in Seattle last postseason. And I thought it was important for Lucci to to take a, another step. Um, like I, if he had lost in Portland again away after losing in Se- Seattle away, just like last year. I mean, it's kind of two kind of the same sort of results. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I'm really tough when it comes to Lucci and that hire. I, you know, I I really like him, um, but you know, we have to you know, be honest about our coaches and what progress they're making. And I thought getting that win in Portland, you know, regardless of the result in Seattle, I thought that was a huge win. Walter. FC Dallas looked really, really flat. I think. Um, yeah, they looked uh, yeah, again, I, it, 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 the first half against Portland. Yeah, absolutely. They looked I'm not even talking about Portland. That was, I mean, that was great. It was a great performance overall to win in Portland. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no fans cool but like you said we knew what was going to happen regardless of where they ended up i mean let's let's be honest if you want to take if you really want to take it back fc dallas shouldn't have had to play seattle in the first place they really should have kind of you know had their own destiny in their own hands by winning games that last game in minnesota which they completely shat the bed i but thought you're i thought you're gonna say that they're gonna have to play lafc if lafc would have been healthy and i was like oh god here we go yeah i know right <laughs> but no i mean okay so I, I and i understand like 
so you want to compare last year's game in Seattle. That was a lot more thrilling. It was a lot closer. You know, there was a lot more action. Like the way that SC Dallas went out against Seattle was just so flat and boring that like I I watched it. I didn't want to watch it past maybe the forty maybe the fiftieth minute, sixtieth minute. I don't want to watch it past that, but uh, but, but I'm but I'm negative. But I, th- but I think what happened against Seattle though is that I think you just at the, at the time you just saw two teams just a, a different different parts of their path as a franchise. Seattle, I mean, say what you will, Seattle's in win now mode. For sure. They have a they have a they have a manager that's won MLS Cup, one of the most underrated managers Smetcher is in mm-hmm. in the league. Um how there was a contract issue with him, I'll never know. <laughs> um, you know, really experienced players. I mean, even their, you know, we think what Jordan Morris, we think of him as a young player, but he's yeah. by now what he's twenty five, probably. Yeah, I think, I think he's exactly twenty five, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think you just I think experience won that game for Seattle. More than anything. I mean, you can say talent. I, I know they have high-level DPs. I will never argue that. But I think the quality does come through. But I think a big thing that comes through was all the experience they've had in this playoffs. Winning MLS Cup, a lot of the same players, the same sort of coach. Where I think, yeah, I mean, I think FC Dallas, in a way, was just that team of like, man, they just, you know, they went, they went, up, a, they went up a step compared to last postseason this year. But then you could just—they just looked overmatched from a manager perspective. It was—it—it it just ended up being an experienced postseason that they were kind of built on. You know, we—you know—sometimes you know, I know it's, it's really big in like the NBA, right? There are those teams that are like, you know, these really talented teams. They get in the postseason, they'll make it a few rounds, and then they'll get knocked out, and then yeah. the next, you know, every you know, building on it, and that's what it seemed like. FC Dallas, you know, this postseason, they just ran into Seattle, who thankfully got knocked out, but. Um, it's just a more experienced, I won't even say more talented. I would just say more playoff experienced team that they ran into, you know, manager and player wise. Call it, call it for what it is really though. It's, it's, if, if you're going to be trying to promote a player kit system, that's going to happen. Yeah. Eight times out of 10, unless you have a squad full of Weston McKinney's <laughs> as your inexperienced players then no, then call it, call it for what it is. It's it's, that's going to be your, your, your fallbacks and your cons on trying to run a player kids system sure. every single time. Every time you're going to face somebody like Nico Lodero, Ray Diaz, Jordan Morris, mm-hmm. both the Rodons that, that you're going to get thrashed like that eight mm-hmm. times out of 10. Yeah. I said, uh, similar to what Kenny was saying. I think I tweeted that night. I said at, times it looked like a game between a team that was built to compete and a team that's built to develop and that's kind of what it seems like when you talk yeah, about and, guys and like and ladero and, and Rui diaz they're meant yeah, to win for sure and i think that's fair but i also think development of the coach i think for me yeah development of players yes but i think i think Lucci was out coach in that game I, I totally believe that and i think if we can you know it's kind of a if as a maturation and we've started to see him be more flexible, you know, at first he never would have done a three, you know, five man back line at the beginning. It was like, no, four, three, three, you don't fit in it. I don't care. And we had Arangis didn't fit in it. Get him out. Even he's starting to learn 
you have to be more flexible as a manager. He's mm-hmm. getting those experiences as, as well because we have the, the the guy before last year had never even coached professionals. Yeah. Yes, he had coached you know highly rated youth players, but he had never coached professionals, grown men. And I think a bigger thing about this game was his maturation over the postseason, more almost more than the players. Also, the plan was never for Lucci even to be an FC Dallas coach. The plan was for him to coach North Texas. <laughs> and Correct. then things just kind of fell down. Where it, like, it just oh, kind of happened. We don't have a coach. Uh, all right, guy, you're you're promoted. But uh, I, I, I said this in the last one, uh, last podcast, after the Portland game, that I had no real expectations going into this game. I felt like FC Dallas was playing with complete house money at this point. Uh, you know, we were all happy to get that first playoff win. No one really expected them to win that game even. And so going into Seattle, I was like, hey, if they can pull off a result, then that'll be freaking awesome. If not, then I think you take, you take like Kenny said, a building block. You progress from last year. Last year you won no playoff games. This year you got that little monkey off your back. You won a playoff game. You know, it's obviously you're still pretty far from MLS Cup, but that's experience that young guys can use going forward. And you had no preseason this year. There's, I mean, this was, you know, there was, yeah, I mean, so you don't even get going until what June, or I mean, you get started and you got to stop. And then, yeah, you, get two you know, we know all about the cheese at MLS is back, you know, coll- catastrophe. So, yeah, I, I think, I think that's probably a fair assessment. I, th- I thought, I wasn't even expecting a win against Portland and they pulled that out. I thought that yeah. was a bonus and just, you know, you know, I'm a huge fan. You know, I was rooting for FC Dallas, but did I expect them to beat such such a veteran team that it just, like I said, they had been through. We've all seen them. You know, you know, play was they played against Toronto and MLS Cup two years in a row. And Toronto won one, Seattle won one. Like mm-hmm. it just that they were just playoff hardened, and you know, we just we just weren't quite there yet. Yeah, it's no secret the uh, difference differences in experience between the two teams. If you just look at the. Uh, the play, like you said, the amount of playoff games played. You look down the FC Dallas roster. I guess Hedges has plenty, and Ryan's got plenty just from them being on the team for a while. But a lot of the other guys, they've got experience, you know, in other countries, but they've never played in the MLS playoffs. No fans, definitely. Uh, I think probably helped FC Dallas, even though they still didn't win the game. Um, but it's it. They really. We're, I don't want to make it sound like they were completely outclassed because they really weren't. The game came down to a 1-0 loss on a set piece. And early on, I think Lucci even said it in his first half interview that uh, he said uh, it's, it looks like a game that's going to come down to one mistake, which it did. It was a set piece guy, uh, Thiago Santos, I think, loses his mark and Seattle scores. That ends up being the game. And on, I don't know. I, I honestly felt like FC Dallas almost played better against Seattle than they did against Portland. They just, oh, for sure. They just got I, really abso- lucky. Absolutely. They did. Absolutely. They did. Yeah. I mean, th- they played a much better game against Seattle that first half against Portland. I remember, oh, God, I remember being on Twitter. Just, it was embarrassing. I thought we were going to be routed like four to nothing. And like, you know, yeah. and, and that was, you know, and then again, you know, once again, I, I hate give a lot of credit to Lucci. You know, we don't know what halftime adjustments, halftime pep talk he gave to that team, but to be able to pull that win out against Portland. And then, yeah, I mean, just Seattle game was what it was. It was the smallest things. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. It was a, uh, the first 
15 minutes or so against Portland, they looked like a team that was terrified that uh, couldn't complete a pass. And every time they got on the ball, it looked like you could almost hear them thinking, oh, oh, God, oh, oh, God. oh, oh God. It's like they were it's like they were running in molasses, like like they weren't even quick to a ball or like nobody would. I, th- I remember thinking like I remember if I was if I remember thinking Tiago Santos was the only person. Yes. That deserved yeah. to be on the field. Like he was the only person that showed up in that first half. Yeah, his experience uh, showed in that game, and the, a lot of the other guys' lack of experience showed in that. At a professional level, in a game that big, you can't afford to wait for the game to come to you. You know, you can't take thirty minutes to settle into a game. They were incredibly lucky that they didn't go down one or two. No, this is something that I complained about the night of the Seattle game. I saw a lot of people being like, "Oh, why didn't FC Dallas come out and go for it like last year?" It's like they were down two nil after thirty minutes last year. So yeah, <laughs> it, it may have been more fun as a neutral to watch a game where there is goals and attacking back and forth action. But FC Dallas is here to win. They're not mm-hmm. here to entertain Taylor Twelman on Twitter. They want to win the damn game. And so Lucci came out and they played a little bit more of a, you know, people call it like, oh, are you playing to win? Are you playing to not lose? I thought it was somewhere in between. Yeah, he was a little more conservative than they were against Seattle last time around. It was kind of the same thing. If you remember, Reggie kind of played as like a a false winger last Mm -hmm. year in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Then this year they rolled out Ryan. A lot of people, like I saw Matt Doyle saying like, it was totally going to be a five at the back and Hollings was never going to get forward. No, if anything, the problem was that Ryan didn't get back enough. He was so far forward. He was playing as a number 10 at points. Mm -hmm. The same thing with the Portland game. He had the goal that Hara scored that got called back. Ryan's playing as a a pure number 10 (laughs) and getting a ball and playing a perfect through ball. Like he wasn't Mm -hmm. parked back. So FC Dallas did not play a 5-4-1 like some people tried to make it out to be. They came out and went for it to a certain extent. And honestly, they were a little unlucky to give up the set piece and lose the game in that fashion. But all in all, I would say the result was pretty fair. Of course, FC Dallas did hit the post at the one point whenever Barrios had that shot that was inches, literally inches away from yep. tying yep. the game. Uh, so... SC Dallas season ends and uh, MLS is pretty harsh in the sense that uh, they give you one day after your season ends to announce your roster moves <laughs> to basically be so even if you win MLS Cup. Like, all right, yeah, yeah, have your drinks, have your fun, but you're going to wake up to a text tomorrow when you're hungover of, hey, we're letting you go. So uh, yep. FC Dallas had announced their moves. They let go of Francis Atuahene, if you may not even know the damn name. Uh, I think he played one MLS game and Walter and I were talking about this before Kenny got on the call but in that one game he did play he scored actually a really nice goal against San Jose mm-hmm. uh, he just shot it from the outside of his foot from like outside the box and it curled into the corner Kenny if you remember that was the game where the San Jose goalie just like passed the ball straight into his own net to make it 1-0 oh yeah uh, I remember that yeah. yeah so that was a fun one that was a fun uh, Sunday or Saturday afternoon uh, Univision listen to the uh, terrible SAP announcers if you're like me. And- <laughs> oh, what is he doing? That's actually yeah, a really good impression. Yeah, it is. That was one of those surprisingly it. good first-time impressions. But I, I really feel bad for non, non-Spanish non speakers having to put up with fucking those two yahoos on Univision. Ugh. One thing that's always hard for me watching uh, soccer in Spanish is well, obviously, I don't understand like half of what's being said, but like I actually have to be like fully focused because if I'm looking at my phone or something, 
they the announcers will randomly yell about just like while reading ads during a game and so i'm like oh someone's about to score i'm like no they're doing a fucking toyota thon commercial right now it's a 169 dollar a month 39 month lease on a corolla le it's really specific because i'm looking at my other screen and it's got a nice toyota thon commercial um, so FC Dallas let go of Atuahene, no surprise there. He was, a, I think, he was one of those generation Adidas guys who his thing was about. Oh, to he was fire. the he was the right he was one of the right to dream players. I remember that was a big deal from that draft. Him and Emma Tumasi both. Yeah, um, I think it was Atuahene. I actually think we drafted him uh, ahead fourth, of yeah he was ahead, ahead of, of Emma Tumasi. So, Tumasi um, played in both. No, he didn't come on against Seattle. I don't think. No, he, yeah, he, he came on against Portland. I he remember, came on against. Portland. I remember that. Yeah, he came on against Portland. I was probably. I remember. I remember tweeting like, "Um, all right, so we're gonna play a guy who had like played thirty minutes all season to like save our season." But Some you know, people think he's our starting right back next year, depending who you ask. So <laughs> maybe don't get used to. You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to judge it. You know, we have a good. It's seemingly we'll get into it more. We have a good track record of converting wingers to right back, so I'm not going to judge it yet. <laughs> All right, so who else did get it? Oh, uh, Callum Montgomery was the only one on the list who was maybe surprising, just because I think a lot of people thought he'd be one of those guys who stuck around for a while as like a fourth center back who could be on the bench if you know something happens. But uh, they let him go, and then they actually ended up trading him to Minnesota and Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, don't you know? Don't you uh, know? Don't you know Callum Montgomery? That guy. That I. That guy. I tell you, he's a good one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just ask Dallas Observer. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, you tweeted about that. What did they call him? The player to. No. They, yeah. They, they. They. He was the marquee player to watch because he was in his rookie year for FC Dallas. Like, really? That's really? The, that's the guy. That someone who wrote one, who read one article FC Dallas put out after the draft and was they like, just googled FC Dallas rookie, and then Callum Montgomery pops up. He's like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, Luca's a, a a rookie. This guy's a rookie too, right? So yeah, that's that's what we're gonna push. Luka Doncic was a first-round pick, and Callum Montgomery is a first-round pick. They're practically the same. <laughs> but yeah, so he's gone. Um, and old uh, the old former captain, El Capitan, Reto Ziegler is gone. Um, was that surprising to either of y'all, or were y'all pretty... It was to me. I mean, he seemed to kind of... I don't know. Maybe there's backstory to that. He seemed to sort of get They're phased out. Yeah. Well, say what? There definitely is a backstory. Go for it. He, uh, do you remember the whole COVID thing wherever he sat out of a game because his wife came into contact? Oh, yeah. Well, apparently that wasn't all that it was made out to be. And, uh, it wasn't so much of a reto deciding that for, like, oh, I want to be safe. Apparently he was pissed. And, uh, and he kind of just mentally checked out on the team mm. and that explains why he lost the starting spot to Brisson and never really got it back and i noticed it at the games because i was like retto looks really bummed like watching him like walk around the sidelines he's usually like a guy who shows a lot of support to the fans and you know yeah. gives a lot of claps and th- he always gives out his jersey to kids and uh he's like a guy who you can tell you know appreciates the fans stuff. he was like just staring at the ground walking around the stadium for the last like two home games I remember mm-hmm. and uh you could tell that he just wasn't happy anymore and uh so I knew that that move was coming and then also he's 34 years old 
and sure. yeah. was making, you know, 500 grand last year. So I doubt he was really that willing to, because uh, I don't even know if his family was living here. I know, I remember them talking about last season that, you know, his family was still in Europe and because mm-hmm. they put out that video on Father's Day, I think, where it showed like a letter that, uh, or like a video chat or something from his kids, his mm-hmm. wife and his kids, and he was crying and talking about how much he missed them and stuff. Yeah, and, and we forget stuff like that. I mean, that what that happened with Andrasik as well. You know, like what was it? His, his wife fiance, came here. Yeah. And she had to go back to you know, what what country was Czechoslovakia or whatever? Forget Czechoslovakia. Um, yeah. Oh no, Bulgaria. That happened with Ned. That happened with <laughs> no. Ned Yalkov. Yeah, both yeah. of them. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, I mean, we we forget that these Dan players, Kennedy. Yeah, back we, in the day. we forget that these players, you know, are humans. They have wives, girlfriends, kids, and especially those that come over from Europe, and you know. If they don't move their families over, which I've seen also have always been re- typically pretty good about doing that, at least with from the South American players. I, I mean, I'm personally sad until, you know, Reto goes, you know, he was, you know, I, I loved his skill when it came to penalty kicks, free kicks. I think, I think those were. He's um, a good defender too. And under, so, yeah, he's a really, really good defender, good organizer. I thought, you know, him good and leader. Yeah. He seemed like a, yeah, I, he, I, I think I like he brought him. a, I think he brought a certain, you know, kind of, you know, sometimes when players are brought over from certain teams or whatever, they have certain reverence. But I think he brought, you know, from what I could tell, you know, he brought kind of a professionalism and like a, you know, just, you know, Reto always had a good style. You know, he was he was a good, good, like you said, a bunch, a good dude, you know, to have around great player. You know, I, I was sad to see him go. I mean, and like I said, I figured there was a backstory. There typically is with players like that. But um I always liked him. I liked the way he played, man. He had killer left foot. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I also really rape Brisson myself. So yeah. Walter, what were your thoughts on, uh, Reto leaving? I like the Will Ferrell version better. Anyway, yeah, the uh, look, um, and I had a, I had a, I had a conversation with you that kind of it caught me by surprise. But like when when you when you started telling me, it's like, hey, did you notice that this was happening? This was happening, and I was like, okay, you know what, you're totally right. Yeah, Kenny, I, was um, gonna, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was gonna say I've heard uh, Retho's kind of a dick <laughs> from all the cats. I, I don't, I don't care. That he's one of the best. He's one of the bigger dicks on the he's team. Like, he's a, he's Swiss. Like, come on. Of course, he's a bit. Of I think a it's dick more of a case of, dude. I've played for Juventus and Tottenham, and these he was guys in a World Cup. Yeah, he was in a World yeah. Cup. I'm a little like bit that. done, which is understandable. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I still like him too. But anyway, go, um, go on. Walter. No, I, no. Well, it, I, I thought um, they just weren't going to renew his contract and play the whole. You know, we're not going to say anything just yet, but we're going to negotiate his contract down because maybe a quarter or a half a mil for a 34 year old defender. That's probably in this yeah. last couple of years is probably not the way to go, but. You, yeah, and when you, when you, like I said, when me and you started talking about it, it, it made a whole lot of sense because you kind of just see him pounding on the bench and you, you kind of start calling for him. You're like, hey, like, you know, especially in the Seattle game, like, why is he not at least coming in right at the beginning of the second half kind of thing? So um, it sucks because, I mean, it's another it's another center back that's gone. I just want Matt Hedges to find his perfect match in the he's, back for years to come until right he retires. Here. I mean, he's. 
it, it, he, he had Walker, and I thought Walker was going to last, but obviously. Yeah, we thought Zach Lloyd yeah. was going to last. We thought George yeah. John was going to last. Man, RIP yeah. Zach Lloyd and yeah. uh, George John. FC Dallas had some bad luck with injuries at the head injuries. As you said, the revolving door at that left center back position, man, it, I think that really gives you, you know, if you don't have enough respect, respect for respect on that hedge's name, man, he's just, you know, so consistent. He'll get you gone. He'll get you gone. Yeah. Yep. That's what happens. Yeah. And uh, so, I w- like I said, I wasn't exactly surprised. I would have loved to have Reto back on a small one-year deal, but I doubt that was of any interest to him. Um, we'll see if well, he signs one, somewhere one else. One thing about him, too, real quick, is that like we have to remember that you know his rights were with New York City. Um, when we we acquired that. him, we had to make a trade with NYCFC for his rights. So, you know, sometimes player like that, like, do they want to come to Dallas, Texas? And he, you know, like, and you know, does he strike you as somebody that would have, you know, Dallas been his first choice? You know, oh, player. He does strike player. me as a guy who would enjoy New York City, though. Exactly. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but you know, when he was here during, you know, while he was playing, he never, you know, um, I give him credit. Like he. From my perspective on the field, he always seemed like he gave 100%. And I love having him around. He'll, he'll be one of my favorite players. Yeah, he's definitely a professional um, in the sense of he was a good leader. And you could tell that a lot of the videos they would post, those behind-the-scene videos, you could see him giving a lot of the pep talks and stuff. And guys like that with experience at the levels that he's played at are are a big, a big thing to a team that's as young and inexperience as a lot of the FC Dallas roster is. So like I said, uh, him being gone, it sucks in the sense that I would have loved to keep him around maybe as like a, a third center back. He doesn't have the legs anymore. And you could tell the last towards the end of this past season um, in his defense, the schedule was unlike anything we've ever seen to where most guys legs were pretty much gone because uh, most guys aren't meant to be playing 90 minutes twice a week for an entire season. But uh, of course, maybe the last memory we get of Reto, besides the penalty kick, uh, is planking. Yeah, he uh, he tried to make planking cool in 2020 again against Nashville, and uh, that's about as that's about as close to a, a poster or ankle breaker NBA style that you'll see <laughs> in MLS. And uh, some little kid in Nashville right now has got a poster on his wall of Reto laying <laughs> laying face down on a a grass field with uh, some football markings. And I, I chalked it up to him watching the Dallas stars, you know, make it to the finals and probably trying to do his best Kadobin impression. That's what I thought he was doing. <laughs> Cause you see that shit in hockey all the time, but who, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So Retho's gone. And then, oh man, we gotta, if you guys have a drink right now, pour one out. My, my main man, Santiago Mosquera oh, man. is he's gone. And, uh, Walter, I wish you had some celebratory music queued up right now. Celebrate this <laughs> Come on. No, no. Oh my God. I've never been happier to see a player leave this club in all my time as a fan. I've never seen someone so universally disliked by the entire fan base. And that dude went and failed upwards and signed for Pachuca. So. <laughs> Good for him. He pulled a Frank DeBoer. Uh, was that front of? Was that part of the horror deal? Did we just? They, it might have been. Like, all right, you know, like, let us have horror er- a little bit early. You know, we'll just give you this guy. It's we'll give you this Colombian winger. Yeah. Yeah. He scored six goals this year. 
I tweeted this. I said that if you ever needed proof that there are clubs who have scouts who don't actually watch like full game footage and will just peek at stats before or highlights before making a signing, that is a perfect example. There's no way that any professional scout of a league that is widely considered higher than MLS of a team that's a pretty big team in that league, right, Walter? Pachuca are a pretty big team. Yeah. That they would go and sign a guy who was that terrible or they could easily have done oh, i guess fc no i mean it's not like they paid a transfer fee they could easily have asked fc dallas some questions and i i i promise you from all accounts there have been plenty of people at fc dallas who would have been glad to tell you about how much they disliked santiago mascara whether it's other players coaches fans anyone would have told you yeah this guy kind of sucks and uh he's not very committed and uh, I've been having it's, fun yeah. kind of trolling Pachuca fans about that it, signing. I, man, it, and I hate it because I don't think it's so much that he sucked. It's just, like you said, it was the other side of that coin. No it was a whole commitment thing. Yeah. yeah. He just he didn't seem to care. Nope. That's what, that's, what, that's, that's, I mean, that's going to, that's going to kill you in the end. So that's a bummer because I, I still remember that, that first game he played in, in whatever Tucson preseason cup. We ended up getting two footed by that guy from the Rebs. Anyway, but he had those glimpses of Zahibo. Oh yeah, Wilfred Zahibo. Yeah, yeah. Put some respect on the Mobile Mini Sun Cup that FC Dallas are champions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put the damn star <laughs> above the crest. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, so and I remember, I still remember that game pretty vividly because I was, you know, we had for the longest time been wanting somebody on the left side, you know, that can yeah. make fill the void of one Fabian Castillo. And so Santi had kind of the glimpses, not not so much the speed. He had the speed a little bit, but he had more ball control. And so I was like, okay, perfect. This is the kind of guy we need. Perfect spot. No, just he didn't care. Let's so. talk about the uh the revolving door of left center backs. God, how about the revolving door of left wingers? Jesus Christ. What um, is it about that left side? Jesus. I don't know. FC Dallas. Well, we've saw. I think the Hunts have made it pretty clear that they're pretty far right. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Thank I you. will say before we put too much respect on that preseason cup, put more respect on that one time when Austin had the preseason tournament. Oh, for the armadillo. Oh, the armadillo. The the armadillo. Hey, that's an MLS market. Put some. Let's go back. Yes, on. let's go. I want to go back to Austin now for a weekend. We have Austin FC coming in. Let's have another preseason tournament tournament for the stuffed armadillo. My sister lives there, so I have an excuse for, oh, I'm just coming down to visit you. But in reality, she was showing me uh, pictures of this apartment she wants to live in where it's literally like like 100 yards from the stadium. I was like, that sounds awful to live in. <laughs> just have a bunch of people trying to use your parking and then a bunch of drunk assholes late at night roaming around, like walking in front of your place to live but uh that seems like a 500 dollar a night airbnb to me yeah, i'm gonna say that if, if, if i was a uh, someone with some extra money to buy some real estate i'd buy that out and just be renting that out for the uh traveling fans who are curious to see a new stadium in a new mls city um but oh I, I forgot to write this one down but another key departure speaking of that left side was fc dallas traded fafa pico to the houston dynamo in a rare uh trade to help a rival but um i what did you guys make of that trade or really just fafa pico as a whole in his season one season with fc dallas i think i think with the trade apparently tab ramos was a huge fan of pico um apparently that was really where that came from um 
you know, they really tried to sell him as like a big deal. And I had watched him at Philadelphia and I knew he was dangerous, but like he not like a, as a starter on the wing. Yeah. I never thought I never thought so. I thought, you know, maybe a good player off the bench, you know, start 10 games or something like that. But um, I was excited about Fafa, too. But I was yeah, expecting I was, more you know, of a I was, ex- I was excited. Apparently, I was the only one to one that wanted to say Pico de Gallo as a nickname. That didn't catch on. <laughs> It's a good um, fantasy sure. team name. I tr- I tried, yeah. Um, Chips and but, um, it was it was you know he was he was okay. I enjoyed watching him in the EMLS e- tournament. <laughs> um, that'll probably be my main memory of Fafa Pico. He scored twice play. on Houston. He yeah. did, yeah, yeah. He did do that, but I remember the EMLS Cup. He burned Houston so bad that they're like, "Shit, we got to get this guy." Oh, hey, that's the Dan Hunt method. Yeah, that's what we do, Hara. That's how we got Hara. <laughs> it's, it's sad because it's true. Hey, but to be fair, that's pretty common. I mean, you go look in the Champions League and in UEFA Champions League, you know, somebody like kicks your ass in the tournament. Like, hey, maybe we should just go buy that guy. Yeah, you see it all the time in like preseason tournament or preseason games wherever a guy's playing against a big team and everyone's got, you know, they're out there to put on a show and get their name out there. You never know who might be watching. Remember uh, Mosquero scored against a really nice goal against Sevilla whenever FC Dallas played against them in a preseason game. And of course he immediately posted it on his social medias like he did with every goal he scored. Uh, it was, if he wasn't posting shirtless pictures on Instagram, it was highlights of him. So it kind of shows you the mentality that he has. I'll never forget sitting right beside him at the US oh, Open yeah, Cup yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I was at you, uh, yeah. the SMU field when we lost to uh, New Mexico. Didn't you say that he, uh, I think I remember messaging y'all and you said something about Mosquera's right in front of us and he was wearing so much cologne that you guys were about to pass out. Or something so like much that. fucking cologne. <laughs> so much. I mean, it's cool. And he had a PSG jersey on. Oh yeah. Yeah. He had one of those really yeah. cool. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, those yeah. are hard to get. It's true. Um, so yeah, he's gone. Uh, Fafa is gone to Houston. Like I said, I was Walter. Were you disappointed to see Fafa go at all, or you're pretty mad was, on it? No, nah, I was. I was very mild on him because, like Kenny, like I had seen him. Uh, you know, so you liked your Pico de Gallo mild. Yeah, <laughs> I was the one who. Yeah, I was the one who backed you up on it all the time, every single time. Anyway, beside the point, I was very mad on him. But I mean, like. Like like you guys said, if he was a 10-game starter, maybe a super sub of some sort, you know, last 20, 30 minutes of the game, then yeah, sure. Because, like, the guy was fat. You, you send him against defenses in the 60th minute, he's going to cause some damage every single time. Yeah. But, you know, obviously, the, the year being the way it is and FC Dallas, you know, kind of trying to figure out their identity and, and their formations and their attacking style, obviously, you know, he kind of got lost in that mix a little bit. Um, but... Um, I mean, it sucks, but the the thing is that it's, that's the most astounding part is why send them to Houston? I mean, uh, yeah. Okay. Money. Cool. We need to free up our roster a bit. Yeah. That makes sense. But man, that's like, give it, give it to your number one rival. I don't know. They got like 300 grand plus in allocation money for it. And from all accounts, the, the, the acquisitions FC Dallas are making, I'm yeah, probably going to use some of that money, so yeah, I don't I think, really worry think, about him. Yeah, I don't either. I think it's also telling that we were willing to get rid of him after a year. Yeah. 
So I think that also tells us something of like, I didn't fit in as much as we can. So let's cut our losses. And, you know, because if he went to Houston, whatever, I mean, it doesn't matter. Also, it's very likely that it's not like Houston was one of 10 teams offering to make a trade for Fafa Pico. (laughs) Yeah, like I, I, he might, I'm sure in true FC Dallas fan fashion, he'll score a hat trick on us when we play him. But uh, overall, I'm not like, Oh shit! I'm scared to play Houston now. They have Fafa Pico. No, no, no. no, no I love no. I love Fafa Pico. I love him as a as a player here, and you could tell he was a great dude in the locker room. That everyone liked him, and he was great with the fans. And I and I really like his game. I thought there were plenty of times, especially uh right after uh the COVID comeback against Nashville, he was the only player out there who really looked like he gave a damn and would come into the game and show a little energy when everyone else was just kind of standing around. He would come in and be demanding the ball to make something happen. I really like him as a player. I just think like uh, Kenny said, you know, that there's that Ramos really likes him. And I think he's a lot better of a fit in Houston for their style and how they want to play than he is with Lucci and how Lucci wants to play. So good for him. Uh, You know, I'll, I was going to say I wish him success, but I would say that if he's playing for any other team, uh, maybe just don't have success against FC Dallas. No, just don't have success, period. Yeah, that's true. Man. What? Uh, You got to remember, sometimes these guys are humans and they have families and all all of the stuff. Not when they're in Houston. Not when they're in Houston. (laughs) Houston people don't have feelings or families. (laughs) Not if they kneel. says Says the guy with the romantic interests. Uh, from of? near Houston. Anyway. I don't know. No idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway. I have family from Houston. I just don't talk to them. They're not invited. To- See, exactly. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, so Fafa's gone. Oh, here's something I forgot to hit on after the... Sorry, this would have made a lot more sense to ask this after we talked about Seattle. But uh, overall, looking back at this past season, on a scale of 1 to 10, how satisfied or happy are you with the season as a whole? And FC Dallas's progress or i don't know maybe you don't think they progress much but just in general how happy are you six wow that is so fucking positive coming from walter's mouth (laughs) walter is the actual sad fcd wow walter's the i don't care who you are but walter's (laughs) the og sad fcd fan he just just wasn't smart enough to create the twitter account yeah Um, you're right yeah i was gonna say seven i mean i thought i think I think I can see where they're heading. I think that was the thing. I think I can, I saw them build upon last year and even do it in such a weird fucked up season, the way it's yeah. set up. Um, yeah. I well, was going to say, actually, I'm stunned. You know, you know what? No, no. Well, hold on. Yeah. Let, let me no, not you can't take it back. No, 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 no. Let me no, not no, surprise. No, 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 no. You can't take it back. You I'm not taking it back. I'm not taking it back. back. No, no. Taxis. So, okay. So <laughs> let's say, Within the past week, it's gone up to six. But after the Seattle game, well, it's probably a five. Oh, after the Seattle game, it's probably negative five for you. But yeah. now that you've you know gotten out of you know pulled the wrist pulled the razor blades away from your wrist. No, 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 third what? eye blind. No, yeah, no, no, you're no. Not, no, you're, no not to, you're not listening to dashboard confessional. Actually, 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 it's, actually, it's my chemical romance. Actually, my chemical right. romance. My bad. Anyway, no, well, the dashboard confessional on this podcast. <laughs> and Matt, and Matt, I know you're a young one. You may not even know who these bands are, but it's fine. I, love, I know Dashboard Confessional. Yeah, everywhere. Oh, it's so hard to kiss my kid. That's that right? <laughs> no, okay. So, so the reason why I say six now is knowing 
at least what's in the pipeline with the rumors and everything that we'll probably brush on here in a minute. Yeah. It makes me feel a little bit better. Okay, quit trying to get ahead of the podcast, Walter. Shut up. <laughs> you want to run this shit? You want to do it? <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, gentlemen. What if, do you if guys, we, if we wanted to run a podcast, we would have had another episode before June of last year. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Why don't you guys start a podcast? Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Kenny. I'm about a seven. Uh, there's, if you look just purely from results standpoint, uh, last year they were what the eight seed or they were the last mm-hmm. yeah, eight, right? They're eight. Literally this year they eight. were six. They didn't want a playoff game last year. They want a playoff game this year. Um, they're still far from being a championship contender, but there was progress. And with a group, that's uh, a lot of young guys. Uh, and, I think that's really progress. all you can ask for. And I think a big, I think we forget this. And I think it was progress without, some people might even say their best player in Paxton Palmacall most of the yeah. season. Yeah. So, I mean, we, I think we forget about stuff like that. So, yeah. So, no, no Reggie, no Paxton. That's true. They didn't the, the podcast, Walter. <laughs> they did get, that's true. They did lose Reggie Cannon in the middle of the year. But uh, they had a little some guy step in. What was the name of that kid that filled in for FC Dallas? Ryan Hollingshead. No, that was only for a couple games. They had another kid. Was it uh, uh, Jimmy Marr? Johnny Nelson. No, uh, the emergence of Brian Reynolds is uh, probably the biggest storyline, really, uh, as far as a national perspective goes around FC Dallas. And guys, we're hearing numbers thrown around of close to $10 million being offered for Brian Reynolds, who has basically played half a season as an MLS starter. And at this point last year, we were talking about, oh, I hope this guy can... He had a pretty good year with North Texas Soccer Club and USL League (laughs) One. And now he's being linked with teams like Bayern Munich, Juventus, Roma, stuff like that. Uh, It's pretty cool seeing uh, that one big uh, soccer reporter. What's his name? Fabricio. Fabricio Romano. Hearing him or seeing him tweet about an FC Dallas player is pretty surreal. Yeah. Um, he He didn't do the hashtag here we go yet. We're not at hashtag here we go, but we're close. But yeah, I'm sure you guys have all heard different reports of all the teams that are interested. And we're getting to the point where I've seen a couple of people say this. So it would almost be easier to just say who's not interested in uh, Brian Reynolds. And uh, some big numbers being thrown around from all accounts. He'll probably be gone uh, from FC Dallas. The only way I think he plays here next year is if a team buys him and loans him back for a year which I don't think would be a bad thing for him at all. I think he still has a lot. He's still pretty raw. And I think he could do a lot of developing with one more year here, but a lot of teams may prefer to loan him out to a team in Europe, you know, and get him a little better competition to get some more experience. But, uh, all in all, I think we're all pretty happy for, uh, yeah, Brian, Brian Reynolds, man, Brian Reynolds. That's a name I have been screaming about on Twitter for three or four years. Um, Was- what was Dan? Didn't Daniel Daniel Robertson, Robertson man? He was the one. On the he was like minute, called him yes. Ronaldo. He, he's like the upside was basically Ronaldo. He, I mean, he was like low side could be low, could be really really bad, but upside could definitely be Ronaldo. And now um, they could be teammates. They could be. Yeah, it's funny. Just he was one of those players. I get we signed him when he was like fifteen. Yeah. But you know, I come from the you know school of if they're if the, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Mm-hmm. If, if they're on professional contracts, I don't care how young they are. They should be playing. This is the profession they choose and you're paying them. Um, crazy. It's, you know, he has pedigree. He's shown 
you know, he's played youth national teams. He's been mm-hmm. in the, he's been in the youth setup. You ex- obviously expect him. I think as a winger. Way. Yeah. As a winger. Um, and I think, I think what makes the most sense, um, you may see more of a member, uh, Tottenham bought Deandre Yedlin, um, mm-hmm. in January that year, loaned him back to Seattle. I think the most, what makes the most sense for Brian is to find a team. I think you're right. I think you find a team, um, whoever that is, maybe it's whoever loan them back to FC Dallas. Um, and then eventually he's going probably going to play a part in the Olympics if you know US. Well, if he's in Europe, that. then that probably won't happen. Oh no, yeah, he'll, he could maybe play because correct. The Olympics yeah, aren't, yeah, and they then, may not release or, him. You know, it just depends. I, I think that's going to be, you know, that's one of the bigger deals is playing time and everything like that. But yeah, it's it's a, to say a meteoric rise is an understatement. Yeah, I mean we're talking. <laughs> yeah, he was playing for North Texas SC, but once again, you know, he had those international experiences at right wing and forward, and he never really, he never really um, excelled in those positions. He was good. He had that raw talent. Um, I think he's, I think he's really got to get um, the opportunity, whatever team he chooses. I mean, he's not a out and out right back. Yeah, he's a. He, he he's got to go to a team that wing specifically back. has a right wing back. He's just he's his defending isn't like there's so many parallels can be made to DeAndre Yedlin. Physically, mm-hmm. you know, they're both really fat. I mean, Reynolds. Was, I mean, Reynolds is like six two. But, he's like I was gonna say he's about six inches taller. Yes, Yedlin, but I mean, just athletic freaks. And now his his defending, you know has been a little bit more refined. It's certainly gotten better. Once again, it's a position switch. You know, yeah. I, I kind of think, you know, we think of other players, you know, Aaron Wambasaka was a winger at Crystal Palace and he's converted to a right back. He's a pretty good right back nowadays. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's why I'm glad they're being, and I, I trust FC Dallas to sell to a team, especially with these homegrowns, to sell to a team where they think that's the best opportunity as well for the player, much less the player's decision. Um, I think that happened with Reggie and I think they're definitely going to, you know, with Brian uh, figure out the best situation for him. And I, I don't expect him back. I think there will be a move. Um, I think the loaning back makes a lot of sense. And then, Hey, you know what we saw. We, and that happens a lot. We saw Zach Steffen did it with his big move to Man City, played half the season with Columbus, and then went to, you know, just to have a full preseason. Alfonso Davies. Yeah, did, that, the, yeah, did the same thing. So I think the way MLS schedule is staggered, you know, joining, unless you, it's possible if you're going to join the Bundesliga, they have that, you know, what they have that those three, four weeks in January where they kind of have another Their little Christmas preseason. Break, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some, some teams kind of do that. Um, but I think what makes the most sense is being sold loaned back for the f- start of the season. And then, uh, and then go from there. Good, good on the kid, man. I'm super proud of him. And, um, it's you, when you see numbers of like almost $10 million for, Brian Reynolds, it, it it blows your mind, but um, exciting man. A- anytime you know you uh, you know, especially FC Dallas players. I, I think I think I'm supposed to have a, a kit from Portugal being sent to my um address. <laughs> got maybe one day. I I got a receipt in Portuguese, and I think it translated to said it was on its way. Um, I don't I don't know. They charged my card. So I'm literally we'll wearing see. a Weston McKinney Juve jersey while we're speaking. Right there now. you go. I, so I, I need I, to I, find one of those. I, I can't I can't wait to buy the 
you know, soccer maybe 90 for all your soccer needs. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, maybe we order that Jersey and FC Dallas fan. We just do BBB on the back of it instead of yeah, you know, Reynolds. But um, yeah, super proud for the kid, you know? So yeah. $10 million for any MLS player is crazy. Uh, $10 million for an American MLS player who plays freaking right back is insane. Fullbacks yeah. are often like the most like forgotten position. Well, and then Americans becoming, are always so underrated. And now it's not, huge. Yeah. It's becoming none. Yeah. I mean, Alfonso Dave, I want to think Alfonso Davies was like 19 million. Now at the time he didn't even play fullback with yeah, Vancouver he's a, Whitecaps. He's a winger. Full winger. Um, but it's becoming and now that, he's the best 11 in the he's, world. Yes. He's the, literally the guy was playing for the Whitecaps. And now he's literally considered the best left back in all the world. Just FIFA 11. <laughs> and what was it? Two years ago? Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. It's it, the strides. He was this, playing USL too. <laughs> like, yeah. Not that long ago. The strides being made by this league and this talent. And I think as you see overseas clubs are starting to see it, you know, every time, every time you see West, you see Weston going to Juventus and a lot of this are FC Dallas players. You see Chris Richards, you know, why do you want, whether I don't think FC Dallas should claim Chris Richards as much as they should, but that's another argument entirely. <laughs> that's um, your Alabama boy, man. Come he on. is my Alabama boy. Like FC Dallas, you know, he was in the Academy six months. Like I'm, you can't claim him. He, he's mine. Um, so <laughs> playing for Munich, you know, Reggie playing for Portugal. It's just every player that goes over there just builds the reputation of MLS and FC Dallas specifically with the Academy. You know, all they, those players being over there, getting all those game minutes, Weston McKinney scoring in a freaking champions, Champions League game at the camp now just just yeah. increases a, the reputation. A goal and, like that. Too. A goal like that. A kid from Little Elm, Texas. I mean, I used to live in Little Elm. Like, it just, it just increases the reputation of the league, of, you know, the team and all those things. Walter, you got any hot, big, bad Brian takes? I think we need to cool it on him a little bit. Whoa. Wet blanket, Walter. God, Walter. If we were talking about about Tristan Blackman, I bet you'd be all in on it. No, actually, Tristan Blackman needs to be sent to Orange County. No, if we were talking about about a a right back from like Santos Laguna, Walter would be like, yeah. We're talking about... Kenny doesn't know me at all. Brian Reynolds. Uh, okay, <laughs> there we go. I read Walter like a book. No, no, no. Um, good job by his agent hyping the hell out of him. I think part of it, look, man, is he worth $10 million? Probably not. Um, can somebody, you know, in Europe pick him up and then send him to their feeder club for Europa League? I really hope that's the way he goes. Um it just sometimes I get a little disillusioned. You 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 talk about Yedlin and yeah, Yedlin's been consistently you know playing in you know England for not anymore. What feels what what felt like forever, I guess. Absolutely. Um, ten ten million though. Uh, look, is Harry Maguire worth eighty million? Hell is, no. I mean, you what, can, what, what did what, what did Reggie go? Reggie went for four. Three. Yeah. It's like three million okay. add-ons could get up to five. Kid, and now he's rumored for ten million. To, exactly. To, I mean, he's Brian's three years younger than Reggie. The upside is. I, 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 honestly, you talk about Reggie. I mean, dude, he literally has been going ninety minutes, like from the minute he got to oh, Portugal. No, yeah. He's played every minute for. Yes. Uh, so I mean, I th- I think once again, I think Reggie 
I think maybe Reggie's increased Brian Reynolds' value more than uh, Brian. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yes, and like I said, that that is a very good point. But I'm so like, I just get so disillusioned sometimes by the Freddie Adu effect. You know, it's we we hype up these players. I don't. Care. I, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that. No, no, no. I'm 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 personally <laughs> it's done a great with that podcast. Argument. By the way, American Prodigy, check it out. Oh, absolutely. Grand Wall sucks, but go on. I just, I just, we just need to kind of cool the Jets a little bit. No, I mean, but cool we're not jets. the only sport that does this. You have AAU basketball. I mean, we're not the only sport that does that. No, I know. I mean, if these kids, I, I, I mean, like I said, I, I agree with you. To I, to I think I th- that he is a very, very, very good player. We have seen him for years. I sat with you during the Daniel Robertson interview, or you want to call it an interview, um, where a lot of people, a lot of people laughed him off because. He was saying, "Oh, you know, Brian Reynolds has the ceiling of Ronaldo," and a lot of people were like, "You mean this kid? Are you sure?" But he should have bought stock. Yeah. yeah, but get, get yeah. I'm holding on to my Brian Reynolds stonks. Y'all heard it here but, first. Walter but, Martinez wants to see Brian Reynolds' birth certificate. Uh, <laughs> Walter, Brian Reynolds is, is almost the same age as Erling Holland. We got to stop thinking about this from a a U.S. perspective of oh, oh because Freddie Adu didn't work out. I mean, you look around. Well, that's just, you, no, that's just. But I'm just. I just call it the Freddie Adu effect because how many times has it happened over and over with different youth prodigies from the United States? Not recently. I just named Reggie Cannon, Weston McKinney, Chris Richards are all playing Christian like Champions Pulitzer, League. Giovanni Reina, yeah, Giovanni Reina. Like it's it's not happening. And I think we see in world football as well. Younger players are having an impact quicker and quicker, quicker. I mean, Mokoko, 16 years old, just scored in the Bundesliga. Yeah. I mean, are people are people hyping up to him too much? No, he just scored a goal in the Bundesliga. He's youngest youngest ever goal scorer. I don't think I think I think that's a fear, too much of a fear now, this quote unquote Freddie Adufect, when it's just we're not the only country doing this. And these are just that has just become something in soccer, probably in what y'all want to say the past five, 10, five, maybe even just five years where once again, if you're, if you're good en- if you're good enough, you're, if you're whatever, young enough, good enough, I don't care. I can't think of the quote, if but you're good enough. You're good enough. No matter where you're yeah, from. It doesn't matter how, how, matter how old you are. Like I said, I mean, early or American is 20 or Canadian. Yeah. You could be the best. Alfonso Davies. Alfonso Davies. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter anymore. I don't, I don't, I think, I think players nowadays are just like, just used to the hype. Also $10 million may sound steep now, but keep in mind when you transfer fees of a guy who's 19, you're paying for potential too. And his potential, I can say is well over $10 million uh, in terms of what he's capable of being. If you look at, like we talked about, a guy who's got so much ability at a position he's been playing for like two years, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. You saw how quickly uh, we talked about Alfonso Davies. I think he's a great example of a guy who was a winger who kind of got thrown at the left back just because of some injuries at one of the biggest teams in the world. And all of a sudden, look how he takes over that spot. Obviously, Brian Reynolds hasn't done it to the exact same extent, but he's only going to get better with time. And he's freaking 19 years old. He's so, played one season of yep, professional soccer. Yep. So quick, a quick around the horn. Sorry to take over the podcast. Which go team? What team would y'all rather him go to? Okay, so the reports of the Juve thing were that Juve would buy him and then loan him. The recent ones are loan him to Cagliari, which is another team in Serie A. So Juve doesn't have enough non-EU spots. Um, so 
I would think something like that would be his best bet to where he gets into Juve. They know him. He's one of their players. He goes and gets to play at still a high level, playing against the same teams that Juve would play against. And if he plays well, then he shows them he's ready to play in this league because he's literally been playing in that league. Mm-hmm. And Juve have the kind of power to loan a player to a team and tell them you have to play this guy. You know, it's not like it's a little it's not like FC Dallas sending a guy somewhere and trying to call shots. Juventus absolutely have the money and power to call shots and tell him we want you to at least give this guy a chance. If you don't give him a chance, we'll recall him and send him to a different team. So I would love to see him at Juve uh, with Weston McKinney, you know, as his buddy. And I think that would be cool. What about you, Walter? Walter. When can we activate that Bayern Munich uh, uh, partnership? Because that would probably be the best place for him to go. I will say that, like I said, don't count them out. They obviously yeah. know who Brian yeah. Reynolds yeah, is. Yeah, they know who yeah. he is. I mean, yeah. And did, did you see? I think it was midweek. They put they put Nick Lasula out at right back. I'm like that dude's like six foot five. Chris Richards like has a been playing right house, back for like, him. But, you know, he's like, like six he, three. Right I personally, yeah. want, I want, I'd like to see Roma. I, I yeah. think I think Roma. I think I think there's real opportunity for playing time there. And I, I don't know. I think the Syria. I think Syria makes sense. Um, specifically for, for what he needs thing. to work on. Um, more of a refined defending and everything like that. I think Serie A makes a lot of sense, whether it's Roma or Juventus. I, I you know, personally I'd like to see Roma because I think, you know, I think he's got an actual better shot of like breaking into that eleven. Yeah. Rather than being you know, going to Juve and then being loaned. Also, uh one thing it's worth noting is Club Bruges, which is a team in Belgium, apparently offered over seven million dollars, which uh, I forgot I need to pull it up, but I'm pretty sure it would break their transfer record for the most money they've ever spent on a player. Uh, so that kind of shows you that's where Ethan and, Horvath is. Yeah, and that's a team that's yeah. playing in the, that played in the Champions League yeah. this year and is a pretty yeah. consistent European player in terms of Champions League or Europa League, and they're willing to almost break their tran- there's a yeah. break their transfer record for this kid. So yeah, that's that's a that's that's a pretty good sign of uh, what. Europe in general thinks about the potential of Brian Reynolds, but enough of guys who are leaving. Uh, so what, we'll probably well, real quick, I, I have to interject I, because I feel like we talked about Brian. Let's not, let's not just overdo, you know, like brush past Reggie and his move. Yeah. I don't know if you were going to get to that. Maybe you were, I, I had a one point I was going to make. I was going to say, we could be at a point where we have two FC Dallas right back sold for two FC Dallas <laughs> Academy right back sold for $10 million within like the span of a month of each other. Yeah. And that would be pretty and, damn insane. And while in a way the timing of that divorce was ugly and I, th- I don't think yeah. anybody will disagree with that. Um, with Reggie pro- definitely wouldn't. Exactly. <laughs> um, with you know the protest and everything like that but you know just so just so proud of reggie man like good for him y'all know like he was the first player we ever interviewed on the 19th I was, minute i was gonna yeah. say 19th and, minute zone reggie yeah came. i you know i it was cool to kind of you know speak to him at the start of his career and just see where he is now just just super super cool and just like you said i mean you know, he's jumped into Bovista and he has just, you know, hit the ground running. Like you said, played every minute and just, you know, could not be prouder. I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, he'll just, 
you know, I've, I've read reports about Lil having financial troubles and, yeah. you know, he may just have to go to the parent club, Lil and go to Liga and everything like that soon. So just a, just a cool to just see his trajectory and play with Tim Weah. So, yes. Just, so, I think they were top of the table. I don't, I don't remember the PSG. They, uh, they tied that game. So they're still top of the there table. There you go. So, so um, just just excited for him just to have that connection with him and you know i know he's you know i'm i'm just going to keep tearing it up man i can't I, hopefully i get that you know ships from portugal to uh, the colony but we'll see but um yeah yeah we all everybody loves reggie cannon yep. uh except for john 3456789934 on twitter uh, oh, yeah. had some pretty hot takes on reggie's uh, political opinions uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, it's like I said. I, I, I hear he's a, a very avid listener of Side of City fans. Yeah, he's a huge SC Dallas fan. He totally didn't just uh, find out about it on the internet and get outraged about it. Um, so players that left, we've all gone over that, and uh, there's some some rumors and a couple of official. Well, I guess one technically completely official, and another one half official of incoming players to FC Dallas. Um, so first of all, the only one that's official for sure, and by official I mean that both the former club and FC Dallas have announced it, is the 27-year-old Spanish center back, Jose Antonio Martinez. I was saying to Walter that my girlfriend and I spent a good 10 minutes just going back and forth saying his name just because it's so fun to say. And I had to use my voice to say it just because it sounds more fun. But, uh, you know, he's a left back who is coming from a team in La Liga, which is hands down undeniably a top two or three league in the world, depending who you ask. Um, I saw a lot of people trying to discount it by saying, oh, he hasn't played this season. Uh, but last year he played 21 games for Granada. The year before he played pretty much all their games for Granada and got them promoted to La Liga. And then I believe they earned a Europa League spot last year from their play. So he's played at a high level. And uh, this may be a little bit of an eye opener to a lot of people who maybe don't like put into account the level of MLS in general. But if a guy's good enough to be a third center back in a, one of the best leagues in the world, he's probably good enough to play in MLS. What are your guys' thoughts on the signing of Jose Antonio Martinez Hill? I wanted Josef Martinez, not Jose Martinez. F's in the chat, and then you have your F's in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted Joe Martinez to be on the damn podcast. <laughs> oh, uh, so what did we say he officially was? He, he's a center back, right? He's yeah, center back, back. Yeah. left footed okay. center back, which okay. is that definitely worth noting. He has played some left back, but I think he'll definitely be a center back here. I'm going to say this now. It's going to be interesting, and I don't like taking this into account normally, but we're going to have Matt Hedges paired up with somebody whose native language is not English. And we've seen issues before with players, at least on the field, kind of not following instructions. What happened with Jesse and some of the players? Anyway, that's looking into it too much. I'm just interested in seeing how this pairing goes. I, I think... Um... I think um, Jose is not going to have that spot very easily. Um, Rasan, I think, yeah, I don't think he's going to give that spot very easily. I think that, that, yeah, he'll that definitely I hurt. think that will be the competition of the preseason. You're yeah. getting, you're you're getting too far ahead, Kenny. Talking about Rasan, 
Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that they did resign Brisson. We're Felipe. talking about center backs. So yeah, I do what I Brisson want. is back. Go Brisson ahead, is back. Um, Whatever. I think yeah, I think that's for me already. You can tell who who's going to be the starter next to Hedges. Brisson and Jose, Jose. We'll see. We'll see how that. That's going to be a, a fun one to watch. I mean, I think people just expect Martinez coming in to just take that spot. But I, I don't think it's going to be as um, easy as that. I mean, like I said, Brazan has been on the bench a little bit, probably more than he wanted to. And, you know, for his decision to resign, I don't think he's resigning unless he knows he's got a shot to be the starter. Yeah. So um, I'd be interested to hear what his salary figures are now. Yeah. If Brisson maybe took a little bit of a pay cut, which mm-hmm. I would expect that he, so I would suspect that he probably did. Uh, I mean, because we have to remember, he was pain. a pretty heralded player coming in himself. Yeah, uh, yeah. coming in from uh, what was it, Gremio, and yeah, I mean, yeah, he had yeah. played in the semifinal the Libre the Libertadores. So um, that's gonna be, that's going yeah, yeah, the handball. You know, that's probably why like he left. <laughs> um, but that's gonna be a fun, and they're both what they're both like twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, yeah, you could say, and it's, you know, not, for and it's not a DP and he's not a DP. Yeah, he is a, I was going to say, I forgot to add that he is a Tam signing, yep. but I guarantee he will be of a salary. That's probably similar, maybe a little more than what Reto is making. in like mm-hmm. that 500, 600 K range, yep. uh, Brisson will probably be making considerably less than that. He's still probably be like, you know, 200, 300, 400 K, yep. something like that. So I think. Uh, we'd like to imagine that money doesn't play a part in who gets picked in the lineups, but I think if Frank O'Hara or um, Brian Acosta have shown us anything is that if you make a lot of money and are a designated player, I mean, like I said, this guy isn't a designated player, but he'll be close to that salary-wise. You're going to be given every chance you, you get like can have to succeed. So I think that he'll be given every chance to get that starting spot. But like Kenny said, Brisson is a guy who's a big competitor and is not going to just roll over and die and give him that spot. Walter, what are your thoughts on Jose Antonio Martinez? I already told you it's going to be oh, interesting. Sorry. Jeez, yeah. man. Jeez. I, I don't really listen to anyone else. On the back of his jersey. Um, I mean, that's what I really Martinez, need. Is. I think. Is it? Oh yeah. He, I, I didn't mention he has played for Barcelona beat and, uh, FC Dallas Twitter account did put out some pictures of him playing of course against they Messi. <laughs> uh, I liked the, the same thing with Felipe where they put out him next to Neymar. Oh, they just do. And they put him out, you know, between sandwiched between Ed- Ederson and, uh, Allison. Allison. Yeah. I remember yeah. that one. That's pr- I, like, that's like we, I just kind of glossed over Felipe, but they did bring him back on another loan, which I think is a really good bit of business from FC Dallas and that, uh, they were able to get back an, a goalie who, Seems like he has great potential. You know, if he's playing for Brazil's U23s, he's been called up to Brazil's full national team as a 21 at, by the age of 21. Um, he, you know, he may, it, they'll probably give him a chance to compete for that starting job, although it's going to be, you know, Jimmy had a great year, so we'll see. But I think uh, getting Felipe back here on another year of a loan is a good, uh, good bit of business. I'm, it'll probably have another option to buy that. You know, the Olympics are hopefully going to happen next year, and hopefully uh, Felipe gets to play in the Olympics. I guess it's possible that they could say, hey, maybe we don't want to play this guy. He's not playing at all in his, for his club team. But um, then again, he wasn't playing at all for his club team before. <laughs> he was like the fourth-string goalie, and uh, I guess he was playing for the reserve team. Maybe Felipe gets some North Texas minutes. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, with Hopefully COVID gets a little better to where FC Dallas can actually send guys up and down from North Texas. And this year, 
that's something that a lot of people overlooked is the the inability to send guys up and down from FC Dallas, like a guy like Eddie Munjoma, who could maybe take over at their right back spot, but missed out on a lot of valuable North Texas minutes this year because of COVID guidelines and you know that them being two separate bubbles and not wanting guys mixing between the two. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but that center back battle will be huge, like Kenny said, and uh, maybe there's a goalie battle. Uh, and then, like I said, that left wing or other winger or shit, maybe even the other winger too, because it doesn't seem like Michael Barrios has uh, his spot locked down if you go by the end of the year. Um, and these next two guys are technically still rumors, although one, one is, is pretty con- much official. Uh, yeah, confirmed yeah. by the other team. Hader O'Brien. I said it would be funnier if it was o- o- O'Brien. He's Irish. Yeah, Jader O'Brien. He's related to Ronnie O'Brien. They're cousins. Uh, you can tell they look just alike. They play the same position. Um, so if you have your Ronnie O'Brien jersey in your in your closet, you can just dust it off and hope they for, give him the same for, number. For, for all our joint listeners with the last name O'Brien, you too can also get O'Brien on your back and not look like a goober. We need a uh, we need FC Dallas to trade for uh who's the dude from Colorado Jack Price so Kenny can uh, put his name on the there you go back of his jersey. Unfortunately, there's no duels in a uh, professional sports. Trust me, I've struggled with that my entire <laughs> life of wanting to use my real sport my real last name on sports video games, but never being able to because there's no one with my last name anywhere. Womp womp. Yeah, there was a guy who played basketball at st john's university who averaged like 0.6 minutes per game um that was like the most most decorated athlete his actually his name was matthew duel too surprisingly so i guess i'm the greatest athlete to ever have the name matthew duel uh so yeah hader obrian or adrian i don't know he's got like four names obrian 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 i don't know but anyway uh he's a winger and for um, Colombia, where have yep. we heard that before? A lot of people where? instantly got Fabian Castillo vibes. Although from watching the highlights, I didn't really. The only thing that looked similar to me was that they're both Colombian wingers. Uh, <laughs> his play style seems like he's a little more polished in terms of he's a guy who wants to be in front of goal and uh, scoring a lot of penalties and like looking like more of a striker than a winger as opposed to Castillo. Obviously, it was just kind of I think overall. If I, I think if I read correctly, he was used to be teammates of Barrios at the some club that's oh, not yeah, a yeah. Longer yeah. club anymore. I think I read that too, yeah. So maybe, maybe Mikey uh, put in a good word for a guy that might take his job. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mikey's going to be like, fuck, I regret that, man. <laughs> It's like when you get your friend hired at a job and then they let you go because your friend outperforms you. Uh, so yeah, if he comes in, he he's another guy who, uh, inside alert, won't be a DP. Um, I'll be honest. All these failures with wingers, I think we should just do, like stick with the three-five-two. Like just let's just do wing backs and two strikers. Yeah. Not a terrible idea, honestly. Or uh, you know, a lot of people. I saw third degree talking about this and. I mean, I guess if you watched last year too, you saw some of Paxton on the wing, and uh, with a guy like Ricarte coming back, and then Tessman, Acosta, Santos, all those guys in the middle, might be easier for Paxton to get minutes out on the wing. Um, and then the other guy I was going to mention that is rumored is Brian Ocampo from Uruguay. 
he's playing for a team that was just in the quarterfinals. I don't remember what round it was of the uh, Copa Libertadores against River Plate, and they got their asses kicked. Um, <laughs> but they got a red card like early on. He was on the bench, and he did not play. Um, thought that was maybe a little telling of... Uh, I think he's kind of fallen out. Oh, I've got his thing. He hasn't really been playing a whole lot this year, similar to um, Reto. I'll say Antonio Martinez. But uh, he is only 21, and from the clips I saw of him, he looks like he looks like an exciting player to me in the sense that he looked like he was really good on either side. On one side, he looked comfortable cutting in. He's a righty, so he's comfortable cutting in from the left and getting shots off and stuff. And on the right side, he was whipping in crosses and stuff. And with the way FC Dallas likes to play, and you know those wingers are constantly switching, it's, it's good to see a guy who's comfortable on both sides. Um, Walter, are you excited about Hader Obreyan or Brian Ocampo? I'd like seeing some new faces come in. Compete for. Let me, look, is, why are you laughing? The thing I've ever heard Walter say. Well, like <sighs> look, I don't. I don't know what else you want me to say. I mean, I like, say I got way more. These, are, these are guys. These I, are guys who are going to be competing for spots. We yeah. all know what happens when you bring people's feet to the fire and you start creating competition within the team. Yes. One, you're getting reinforcements for, you know, you got a good rotation going in and out. And then also you have to think about other tournaments, but then the level of competition is going to raise everybody's game. Uh, I, and I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's helping strike that balance between player kids and bring in talent. That's going to help those kids or just make the team more competitive in its own league altogether. So, before we get too forward, I'll be honest. I, I got way more excited when we were linked to that Puma striker more than anything. That's what I was about to say. Is... Yeah, sorry to disappoint y'all. I've heard that's all smoke and mirrors. Fuck. So that's that's, uh, that's an agent. Uh, you know, Pumas are struggling financially and need some money, and uh, that's probably an agent or a team mm. putting something out there to get people talking about them. And I, I, I think I saw something about Austin wanted that guy or maybe even Colorado, too. So all this stuff is like he's going to MLS. Ever, all the reports have just been saying FC Dallas because I think that was the first team linked. And so they're just rolling with yeah, that. I mean, and that's a confusing thing sometimes, especially for agents, because you typically yeah, I mean, you sign with the league. Right. I mean, that's where yeah. the contracts from. So that yeah. can be confusing. But no, I mean, and I would be a hell of a signing. Yeah. Though. I mean, I got really excited about that one, especially in the conversation I had a second ago. I'm like, man, let's just stick with the five, three, two. Let's put this, you know, six foot three striker up there with Hara as like the poacher. Like, come on. It's 26-year-old who scored 16 goals. There you go. Like that's that's something right of, there. I mean, I think Hara as a poacher. Pumas, I mean, Pumas went far in their last tournament, but you're talking about a Liga MX player that plays for a historic team who was named to the like League 11. 11. Yeah, the best <laughs> 11 in the whole entire league. Uh, who's valued at who's valued at like ten million dollars? I mean, <laughs> transfer, transfer market values was at five and a half. Oh, really? I saw yeah. somewhere. I swear, I saw that he was like nine. That's I mean, but, uh, too much I, I mean, but no, but, but honestly, and I, I think uh, you, Magic, bring up a great point when we talk about. I mean, as sad as it is to say, there are going to be possibilities where um, certain clubs can, you know reality the situation and i think we'll see this more in european leagues as well where clubs take advantage of clubs other clubs economic difficulties during the pandemic 
It's yep. just part of it where clubs may have been less likely to sell before. Now they really got to sell because they, they don't have fans in their stands and they, and they need that money. So I'm just saying like, if you can get a discount on a player like that, man, the only problem with that being is uh, with that signing would be that you probably also have to spend a couple million dollars buying out Frank O'Hara since uh, you probably that guy would 100% be a DP. I, once again, no, 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 man, I just play them both. We, you know, dump Ryan Acosta, you know, get that rather the spot, DP spot that way. Like, I mean, like Lucci doesn't like two strikers. Uh, I, you know what? Lucci, you know, wanted to do 433 for a long time, but then, you know, once again, maturation of a coach, you know, <laughs> we see him being a lot more flexible than he used to be. I don't know. That seems like uh, their play styles, Franco and him, probably. I've always said that with two strikers, you always, if you're going to play two strikers, I think a guy like Jesus is who you want as a striker next to a big guy, you know, like a, mo- a more mobile guy. You don't really want two guys who are just going to try to post up. And I don't know. Franco Hara is just, I, I think people are a little bit harsh on him. I'll be interested to see what he can do with the full preseason. Um, I think he can have a decent year. I'm not quite ready to completely call him a full on bust. Um, he showed signs here and there. He seems like a really streaky kind of guy, which is kind of what we've become used to. That's the striker position. See the house. Yeah. I mean, that's just any striker most of the time, honestly. Yeah. If, but if, uh, if, if Ryan Reynolds stays another year, I'd want him whipping crosses to two forwards. I would too, but I, I'm I'm looking at this from uh, what I think our uh, fearless leader will want, and I don't I don't see it. And uh, like I said, I've heard that the whole Dineno thing was yeah, it has to be. There's no, there's no, there's no way, no way. Yeah, um, Kenny, you brought up a good point about the uh, teams trying to maybe you know take advantage of uh, I think it's take advantage is a strong way of putting it of uh, teams who are struggling financially. Just a good transition into one of the questions that uh, someone sent in saying, this said, this is from at uh, horse underscore God. I always love reading the uh, usernames of people. <laughs> it says, I remember reading that the average MLS team lost $30 million during the 2020 season. Do we see other clubs scaling back on spending to recover more? And with the sales of Reggie and Brian Reynolds and the recent acquisitions, do we feel the hunts are calculating a strong push for 2021? Uh, Walter, I'll let you answer. Give your take on that one. No, first. no. Let me let me go last on this one. I have to sit on this first. Okay, <laughs> Kenny. Kenny, go ahead. Yeah, I think, man. I mean, it. It's man. Just from a societal perspective, man, twenty twenty one, crazy. Um, <laughs> I know, it's, right? It's you know, ten days like, away. Yeah, it's crazy. We're finally we're finally gonna get there. I just I think sports in general. <laughs> I think it's just it's gonna be really tough to. What does 2021 look like? Um, yeah. So, I like I said, like I said earlier, I like the direct, I like the building block from last year to this year. I, I think some of the some of the moves, you know, you know, Martinez, the center back. I think that's a really good move. Yeah, that's um, a win now. Yeah, that's of. a that's a win now. I like that. Um, the 21 year old winger. I mean, we'll see. Project. Same with, you know, Johnny O'Brien, you know, um, you know, <laughs> maybe 25. Yeah. That's a, maybe that's they work out. Maybe they don't. Now. I think um, Martinez is more of a statement of intent type purchase. Um, you know, it's tough. Like I said, just so much with the pandemic and how it's going to look next year. I mean, I don't think a lot of MLS teams are going to be spending a ton of money 
um, this offseason, unless, as I said, unless some of these teams in South America or Mexico are like really needing to sell a players and, you know, replenish their coffers where I think, you know, I think some teams could take advantage of that. Um, but, you know, MLS is losing money, but, you know, they're also, you know, those owners are getting money, all these huge um, expansion fees that they seem to be getting all the time. Yeah. So um, I, I don't think the, and the way MLS is structured, I think their model was obviously more suited. I mean, we talked. Yeah, I was going to say, if there's any league that was uh, prepared for this, it was MLS. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about that single single entity as a bad thing, but during a pandemic, man, it's a great thing. I mean, if you didn't have single entity in MLS through all this, I mean, maybe we lose three or four teams. There's a reason Liga Mekis wants uh, some of that MLS uh, st- exactly, structure. Exactly, exactly. I mean, there's... Ex- exactly. So I, th- I think... I think a lot of teams with MLS, especially FC Dallas, I think they're, I mean, F, you know, Dan Hunt loves a bargain. So if you can get, <laughs> if you can get a bargain somewhere, if you can get a player for, oh, you know, he was 5 million, maybe he's 3 million now. I think that'll be the best opportunity. Yeah. Walter, are you prepared now? Yeah, I think I'm good. Um, they take the, floor. it's, it's, it's a, it's a, how do I describe it? It's a very multi-layered cause we talk about sin, single entity, but then we talk about the individual ownerships between, um, the actual teams themselves. If it was any other team, I don't think FC Dallas would, I would say is hurting that much considering who their owners are and what they've been able to do over the past year, year and a half with their other, um, I just call it their other assets. So, um, like Kenny said, of course, Dan Hunt loves a good bargain and a, a player like, let's just, let's just say Dineno, um, this would probably be one of the only opportunities possible right now to get him for lower than what, you know, other people are trying to float him for. So uh, if it was any other team, um, I would probably say that they're, they're hurting more than FC Dallas, uh, Probably your, I would maybe say your Seattle's, your Portland's, your 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 teams that are more focused on filling the stands and I was gonna say, stuff. Yeah. Let's be honest, so, FCDA it hurt. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that FCD is used to not making a lot of money, but they also have their academy, uh, which uh, you know has probably been back in operation since I would probably say late summer. So they're not hurting yeah. too much there. Um, they still have their Hall of Fame, which uh, I don't. I could probably say it's probably not raking in a lot of money. But then you look at you I know their Chiefs. Then you look at their actual business assets and stuff like that. They're probably not hurting that much. So they are maybe in more of a prime position to take advantage of these teams that are looking to sell. But Chiefs are probably losing a lot of money. Oh yeah, hopefully oh, <laughs> fair. Oh for all sure. the NFL. Oh, yeah. sure. I mean, they're still probably recouping a bit with jersey sales. Who knows? But. That doesn't make that doesn't make all the Texas Tech Patrick Mahomes (laughs) stands are keeping the Chiefs in business. Good God! Uh, I don't know. Uh, So, so what? What was the question in the end? Do Uh, we? we, uh, (laughs) It's so multi layered. Do you Uh, feel like the Hunts are push like calculating a strong push for 2021? I think so. I think I think if if there's going to be a year for them to try to bounce back and bounce back pretty well, where they're in the spotlight, 2021 would probably be it. And so. I think I I think also for a while there I think a big thing too is for a while there I mean we just saw the Columbus Crew win MLS Cup, um, yeah. So you know 
for years there, it was, you know, really bigger clubs. They went through, I mean, it was Toronto and Seattle, you know, Portland, you know, teams like that. So I think also you see something like Columbus winning. I think that kind of can change the mindset too. I'm like, okay, maybe, it's, they can do maybe it. it's starting to revert back to when Salt Lake and Kansas City could win MLS Cup, teams of that mm-hmm. sort, and not so much the real, real high payroll teams. Yeah, maybe FC Dallas is just a Lucas Zillarion away from a more. They're 10 million away from a. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And a Darlington dude, that, Nagby. That dude's a baller. Man. That dude is a freaking baller. I mean, and I, Darlington I, I, Nagby I mean, is. Ryan, I remember his free kick, free kick uh, goal at MLS, MLS is back. That dude, oh, like. Is everything this oh year. He's, had, he's a highlight reel. And then you got a guy like Nagby who is. Is so often overlooked just because he doesn't do anything, like doesn't really want to play for the national team. But look at the success that clubs who have him, like Atlanta, and then now Columbus have Portland. Like he's yeah, yeah, he's literally maybe like the most valuable yeah. player in the league in terms of if you can pick a guy to have in your midfield, and he's in your midfield, you're probably gonna have some success. And then you got and a sleeper in Zardes sometimes. So yeah, that's true. Zardes is as much as it's fun to make fun of his national team he, performance. He's a bit of a sleeper. He's, He's very good for the Columbus crew. And uh, Pedro Santos is good. Jonathan Menso is a Defender of the Year candidate. They've got a good team. Um, I think, yeah, I think FC Dallas are shaping up to... So so would you I, say... I, think, I would say they're trending. Say, I think they're trending upwards. I would, I yeah, would say it's trending upwards. There's, there's, yeah. there's a, a, a years-old adage. Would you say that FC Dallas is one DP away? <laughs> Yeah. From from leading a uh, going into a, a a championship charge. I don't know what you guys mean. Vegas has us as joint favorites. So, yeah, um, <laughs> Walter, shut up. Yeah, I already put down my entire savings account. Like <laughs> I was gonna try to buy a house or something, but so, uh, so much for the kid, so much for the kiddos going to college. Hey, man, all all respect. College is pointless. Trust me. Just bet on sports. Just bet on FC Dallas to win a MLS Cup, and there you go. I'd be like Lester. Yeah, it's exactly like it. Leicester. Leicester, <laughs> yeah. Let's disturb. All right, so I did want to get into the... Uh, it wouldn't be a season recap without some season reward uh, yes. awards. Superlatives. Yeah. Uh, some se- there you go. Season superlatives. Ooh, uh, Ooh I like that. Too. I like it, yeah. All right, so first off, pretty basic one. I went with player of the season. I didn't want to do MVP just because... I feel like people always overlook the actual title of MVP being meaning most valuable player. And so I always get into arguments with people when, about the NBA when it's MVP. They just want to give it to the guy who had the most best points. season. Yeah. yeah, but played on a team with three other superstars that would have still probably been the best team in the league without him. So player of the season, the player that you think had the best season overall for FC Dallas Walter, you can go first this time unless you need to think on this one again. No, no, I gave, no, no. I gave you a you, good uh, you, you, couple of hours. hours um, my pick for this year is Ryan Hollingshead. Care to uh, give uh, us yeah, a little? Walter, I agree, man. I was going to say the same thing. I was going it, to say it's. I'm usually not a ho-head guy. And... and uh, he he to me has been year after year a very sl- slept on. He's he's a cult yeah. fan favorite, obviously. 
obviously, obviously he's, he's got that fan status within, but I just feel like the league in general just sleeps on him so much. I wouldn't say he's necessarily the caliber of a, you know, us, maybe he's a gold cup level player, I would say, but I just think the league sleeps on left back situation. Well, there you go. Or Daniel Lovitz. (laughs) Anyway. Um, yeah, and I just think consistent. A big thing for me is how has always been consistency. Um, mm-hmm. But you look at his other dimensions. Uh, he, like I said, he's a fan favorite. He's consistent. He delivers one hundred and fifty percent every single time. He's not going to be the most talented player on the field, or hell, not even the most talented defensive player. But he's mm-hmm. he's still going to be very consistent. You're not going to see a lot of errors for him. You're not going to see him lose his head. Um, he's he's if if I'm a team owner, he's a complete package in terms of on and off the field. Yeah, I mean, he's exactly. this year and I think this year was pinpointed and I think, you know, with with what FC Dallas has needed over the past couple of years, he has been the one consistent factor. In a season of a pandemic when you have to be versatile, he, he's Mr. Versatility. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's yeah. Mr. In Versatility like showed up to where where you needed him. Just as Walter said, with the consistency, the playmaking. Yes, he can be quiet. He can also get really pumped up. Uh, all the emotion, love it. I, he's it's 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 crazy that Walter and I agree, but definitely Holling said. <laughs> yeah, I I agree too. I know it's not very exciting in terms of a podcast, but yes, we all agree. Uh, Ryan was part of one of the best defenses in MLS as a left back and he also popped up and scored four was it four game winning goals this mm-hmm. year and uh you saw him pop up as a winger late on and like Walter said he's the ultimate good guy off the field and really by all accounts seems to be like the emotional leader of this team when I was talking about this behind the scenes videos you often hear Ryan and I think uh even third degree they've said that he's he's like he's like the emotional captain of this team Matt Hedges may be wearing the captain's armband, but he's kind of like the, uh, yeah, he's I mean, the emotional we know Matt, leader. We know Matt's more the, you know, speak softly, quiet, and carry yeah, a big yeah. stick uh, type leader. Big dick. Well, tr- trust me, this Matt is too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> except not the quiet anyway, part. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I said for this one, um, we could do most underwhelming player or my idea was least valuable player. But then, like I said, it, I just like that one for the name of it. I thought you, you want to go into the locker room at some point next year. You probably don't want to do that category. So I don't want to go in the locker room. I've done that shit enough. <laughs> I've seen enough FC Dallas player dongs. I'm good. Uh, no, so I, I think it's a good one. Yeah. So, but then I, I didn't want to do it just because, like I said, the same reason I didn't want to do most valuable player because then you get into the whole, well, what is valuable exactly? So who is like just the most underwhelming player for? I mean, for me, it's Paxton. I mean, it just it's I'm worried that he's he just is going to be hurt a lot. Um, I think we're starting, you know, I hope not. I mean, fingers crossed. I hope not. I hope this isn't just going to be an inj- injury riddled thing, but you know, and then he had the injury, and then just kind of last year, then just kind of lingered, and just, I mean, it's through no fault of his own, but it's starting to be worrying, worrying, and yeah. it's underwhelming, and it's just not the season we thought he was going to have. We thought, I'm hoping to be healthy, so that, that you know, that's a big concern for me. I I think he really needs to work hard this off season and just like get his body right. Um, to ho- hopefully this isn't a, a c- continuing thing. 
I did listen to him on the kick around the other day and he was saying that he was, you know, still maybe th- three months away from yeah. playing. So that's probably gonna be right around the start of the season. So he probably I mean, won't be that ready. Fair, though? Is that fair calling him thinking that he's the most underwhelming when he, well, yeah, I mean like the yeah. injuries are only so avoidable though. That's maybe the most disappointing, yeah. I mean, I mean from the sense of yeah, we're say, all waiting I mean, for say him to you, make that break. Yeah, but okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair, yeah. Oh, uh, I, I did forget to mention. Uh, Joe uh, did. I had him text me his picks, and he picked for player of the season. He picked Matt Hedges, and that may have just been him trying to kiss my ass yeah, just to make probably, me feel yeah. a little better about it. Or uh, maybe it's him just showing some respect to the goat. But uh, Walter, go ahead with your uh, least valuable so, player. <laughs> least valuable. I would say most underwhelming player this year is God, you're so you're so politician answers jeez I've, I've i've been watching a lot of politics lately dan hunt's not gonna hire you walter no, Damn it. He's not. you're why 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 are you dashing my stadium announcer dreams man who knows <laughs> anyway uh mikey barrios um that's a fair one yeah in a, in a year in a, a, a we we you want the flip side of consistency, and it's got to be Michael Barrios, yeah. um, which who you been, always who have been a fa- fairly consistent guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he it was consistently silver boot. He you know was he was involved in in goals and goals and goals and goals. Even if he wasn't, if he was doing those hockey assists, like hockey, you know, like Kenny likes to talk yeah. about. Yeah, but I and here's the thing: is originally I was going to go with Hara because. For for what we paid and the the hoops you had to jump through to get Hara, and the time we waited to get him, I would have said Hara. But then I'm like, okay, well, Hara was a target striker who was being played out of position. He was playing deep. I don't think it was any fault of his own for being underwhelming to an extent. I yeah. mean, he missed some. He whiffed some goals, obviously. Yeah, for sure. But for somebody who's been around, who knows the system, who knows what the coaches want out of this team. Mikey, I think, like going back to it, it's just was just very underwhelming this year. Um, Last year, Mikey Barrios five goals, fourteen assists. This year, and thirty three games. This year, in twenty three games, one goal, three assists. Not great, but not good. But, but and 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 it, it it to cut some slack. Like I said, it's just you you kind of have to think about all the experimentation that went on with the attacking side of things and uh, trying to wrote trying Shut to up, find that left wing. No, 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 no. We already said, Mikey, you suck. That's what you said. <laughs> I heard it. You Let's told me to give you guys a reason. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, Joe said, Santi, I don't think we need to provide any reasoning for why on that one. Uh, I'm going with Brian Acosta just because. If you follow my Twitter account, you know I'm the world's number one Brian Acosta hater. And I will continue to use the stat. I don't have the record right in front of me, but it was something like the record with him starting versus him not starting was <laughs> two completely different teams. And I will stand by it that 100% the team is better when he is not on the field. And I don't just mean that I want Tanner Tessman to start over him. I mean, I just I would be happy with anyone starting over Brian Acosta because I don't think he's a very good soccer player. Okay. Was that uh, fair enough, or was that I, uh, let me put it not hard hey, enough? Hey, it's your not podcast. Hey, no, it's, you, it's, you, it's, you go stu- you go two footed studs up as much as you want. I like I did on Kyle Beckerman, and he blocked me. <laughs> he, made, he made he made Tiago Santos look like a godsend this year. Tiago Santos. Like imagine if we hadn't gotten Tiago Santos this year. Okay, wait. So that leads me to my next uh, award was your surprise player, and like so, this is the player that. Uh, performed 
you know, more than you would have expected from him. Um, and then another one I had, which was you've reminded me of Tiago Santos, was maybe like the most underrated player. And I think it was him just because I saw a lot of people kind of talking down on Tiago Santos. And I think it was just from that one little stretch of three or four games where he was just burnt out because he was playing 90 minutes a game every freaking game for the entire season. And any human being is going to get worn down. And then when you're 30, it's not easier. And so he had a little bad stretch of games. And, uh, you know, for, other than that, and yeah, he had a pretty bad mistake in the playoffs so, against Seattle. So most surprising player, you said, right? Yeah, so for your most surprising player, so your player that outperformed your expectations. Johnny Nelson. Yeah, I I could see that one. Yeah, for, yeah. Me, for, me, for me, it's Tanner Tessman. That would have been my second pick. Yeah, I um, that's that's who Joe picked was Tessman. Yeah, I um, I mean, all I n- really knew about him was he was gonna go kick for Clemson, but <laughs> yeah, and then three days later he's starting. Yeah, and he's <laughs> just season opener. What really just surprised me? I mean, obviously he's a monster in the midfield, big dude. Mm-hmm. Like almost like it reminds me of watching a Matic, you know, Nemanimatic when he was Chelsea and United. But he ain't built like a kicker. That's no, sure. but also just you see that physicality. But man, you see him switch a switch field yeah. with a ball like he'll put it on a dime. I just I was not expecting that much skill. Um, he's technically very good yes so good and you just you see the physicality and you don't think that he's going to have that good a touch have that good a you know dropping dimes but man i i can't wait to see his next step yeah he's another guy who we don't know how long he's going to be here there's already some reports of teams in germany lining up for him so i think he'll be here next year but let's enjoy tanner testman while we can uh so wait uh walter who did you say for surprise johnny nelson johnny Johnny Nelson. nelson yes sir Yes, sir. I think he is very capable of being a left back in MLS, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is the left back next year with Ryan maybe going back to right back with no Brian. But who knows? We might see him at Tumasi. And so uh, your most underrated person, I said Tiago Santos. Uh, Kenny, yeah. who's your most yeah, underrated I agree. player? I, I think he he just does – man, he's just – he's to me, he's just that lunch pill guy. You know, he just yeah. comes, he does a job, dirty work. it's dirty work, you know, but he's got an, a refined, you know, he's got a bit of refinement to his touch and everything like that. Just a physical person. He's just that perfect guy you want to pr- put in front of a, you know, you're back for. At the start of the season, the first couple of games, I remember thinking, holy shit, how did we get this guy? Because he was the first couple of games, he was like, hands down the best player on the field. Like he looked like he was in a, you know, like you picked a guy out of the Premier League and dropped him in MOS. The way he was just controlling the ball, winning every tackle, spreading the ball around. Yeah, he's he's a beast, and uh, I'm glad that uh, he's sticking around next year. And uh, Walter, who's your most underrated this player? Time is, that's a no surprise. Jimmy Marr. Most underrated, yeah. Yeah, most underrated. Um, <laughs> again, consistency. Yeah, uh, your keepers are going to have gaps, but I think in a year um, with a rotating, a constantly rotating squad full of young kids, that's exactly who you want in the goal um, within an earshot of you. Um, I mean, that's not to say like all, you know, that's just dogging on his age or whatever like that. Um, I just think by by himself, he's, he's saved a lot of games. 
He's, yes. he, I think he's a very big reason why FC Dallas was even able to make it into the playoffs in the first place. Uh, was, it's also a big reason they won a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that, right? I mean, that was, I mean, that was huge. It, it, it's huge uh, to, and anybody who's played keeper knows, you know, how daunting penalty kicks are. And to, I meant just the game in general. He had well, several. Well, yeah, yeah, but okay, yeah, I wasn't. I didn't really think about the whole entire game because I'm just laser focused on just PKs because I'm all in there <laughs> for the glory. But no, I, I think I think Jimmy Jimmy was uh, for for somebody who's always going to be in the limelight when he goofs. I think he did pretty well overall in the year and didn't get enough praise. I mean, he 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 kept the spot right. I mean, he stepped in when Jesse was ousted and didn't lose it at any point. So. Never even came close to losing. Nobody, either, you know. Nobody. He, he, uh, he. He's not a guy who's uh, going to make many. He's very sure-handed. Mm-hmm. You know, there with Jesse, he's capable. Was capable of the extraordinary. But there are so many times where uh, you pucker your butt because you're like, oh god, Jesse's about to fuck this up <laughs> or do something <laughs> stupid, or Jimmy doesn't get six yellow cards a year for time wasting yeah. or fighting and shit like that. Uh, Jimmy is. What's uh? What's the who was it that gave him the nickname of Allstate? Is that third degree because of his safe hands? But uh, yeah, Jimmy's a Jimmy's a beast. I definitely underrated him before the year, and I'll admit that I will gladly admit that I underestimated Jimmy Maurer. And you know, he's thirty-two, which may seem old, but for a goalie, he's got plenty of time left. You know, where he could be here for a couple years, maybe three, four more years, he's got left in him to play at a good level. And uh, what a steal from FC Dallas to find him basically <laughs> in the uh, it was he's playing for the New York Cosmos and called him up and he was a really good backup goalie last year. Yep. Yeah, and I will say a, it was a it was a cool moment with him and uh, what was it Giovanni Severisi? You know they were at the Cosmos together after yeah. after those PKs. So uh, that was a really cool moment, kind of seeing those two after that. And shout out to Kyle Zobeck even for filling in for a couple games and playing pretty well and just got him an MLS team of the week spot. No one saw him ever even touching the field really. Um, so that's the last of the awards. There was, there was one other f- like fan question I wanted to hit on and it was kind of relating to what we were just talking about the signings. And uh, someone was asking about what a uh, Jersey sponsor we want to see. Cause Advocare is leaving and going to the sleeve. Walter, do you have a, uh, I think we've, joked about this before i i said that i just wanted another pyramid scheme and just to keep going all in so i want mary Kay to be the <laughs> new shirt sponsor of fc dallas i, I was saying to follow in the footsteps of fort worth at ghettos and get the dallas police department on the car. <laughs> but, frisco police department uh fucking put dr pepper on that shit man do it that, that would be really cool but their deal with pepsi would never allow them yeah, to do that that's right <laughs> toyota <laughs> it'll probably That's be Toyota. It'll probably be. I mean, because they just renewed their their name on the stadium or something like that, right? Why? Well, yeah. Just not when I get on the shirt too. Fuck it. Kenny, do you have any companies you love that you want to? Oh yeah. See, uh, I'm gonna say. See, I'm gonna say. Let's let's reach out for the kids. All right. Let's create the next generation. Let's say, dude, perfect. Dude, I was literally just talking to Joe about this the other day about how dumb it is that FC Dallas hasn't pushed more Absolutely. on the fact that they have one of the biggest YouTube channels with one of the biggest followings, literally like 10 minutes Across from them, the headquartered in Frisco. Yes. 
and they've done videos with literally every other professional sports team in Dallas. They've done videos with like Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. They did some, I think they did some with the Mavs, uh, Cowboys. They've done videos with no FC Dallas. Yes. Get on that. Yes. No, you, no, you forget that FC Dallas chose them during the, for the Jersey reveal. What was it last year or two years ago? Oh yeah, you're right. That's yeah. cool. So, one of the, but, the one thing they did with them. One of the dudes used to come into Academy I worked at all the time. I should have pitched it to him then. It would almost be worth it to not even get any money from them for it. That would be so much exposure. Like Yeah, you probably have to pay them. Pay those them dudes, yeah. Like make a lot of money. I'm just saying, like, you don't think outside the box, you know, keep it local. I'm you know, I'm here we go. We're all about family at FC Dallas as a family club and catering to that uh that family audience, then there's not many better than Dude Perfect as far as a family audience. Goes. I mean, that would look pretty good on a kit, you know, right? I mean, it it's, a cool yeah, logo. it's got a yeah. cool logo. I'm, I'm, until, I'm just saying. Uh, until Houston puts a Ryan surprised. <laughs> or what's that kid? The kid who opens the toys. <laughs> he puts him on their jersey. <laughs> and then uh, it's a real rivalry. Uh, and then another part of that question was, uh, do you think that FC Dallas would have signed a player like Martinez without the hire of Andre Zanotta? Um, maybe. I don't know. I, I think he's done I mean, a good job. Yeah, I'd I mean, like I some they, he's they made. got Ziegler before Zanotta was there. I mean, I mean, he, he's just a, yeah, Ziegler, he's a Ziegler. I mean, but this is if this is the same type of player, right? I mean, in a way. I mean, are we saying, you know, this guy's more hair? Ziegler was in Switzerland before at 32. This guy's 27 in Spain. I'll give him a little more. He's got a little more promising of a... Ish. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't... I mean, I don't... There's not going to be much resale value or anything like that. Um, no, yeah, but that's what we said. It's, not, it's a what now move. It's but not no, a I mean, the note is going to be judged on anything that comes from South America. Um, if Felipe, I mean, he was there with Zanotto Gremio. If he comes in and just like s- takes that number one job and starts running with it, then yeah, you definitely credit him there. But anything that Zanotto does is primarily going to be judged um, due to his ex- exploits in South America. Like Tiago Santos and Brisson, yep. who I think also very, were yep. both good yep. moves. <laughs> Walter, are you a big Zanotto guy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I say that, and I and I and I hate sounding like I'm kind of skeptical. I think that I mean something like that happens without. You're always skeptical, anyway, Walter. We know you don't have to preface I know anything. I know it's weird, huh? huh? Shut up, Kenny. They call him anyway. Skepta Walter. No, Thank you. No, it wasn't as good no. as the the hunts are pretty far yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was, that was, that was the line of the night. FC Dallas's bread and butter will always be South American talent. So. It doesn't surprise me. I think like it, Mexico. What do you mean, like Mexico? That was a, that was a geography, bad uh, geography. Oh, a bad, okay, anyway. And the podcast just came to a screeching halt. And I peaked early on, guys. Thank you Sorry. very much for listening to the 19th Minute Podcast, guys. We don't know when we'll be back, but. I was gonna say, yeah, with maybe uh maybe two years from now we'll get another nineteenth minute podcast. Uh I was always a big fan and I, I kinda got Joe into it and then Joe ended up kinda knowing y'all personally when he was playing on y'all's indoor soccer team. And uh y'all were nice enough to have me on there once or maybe twice. And uh it was it was cool to uh that we've all kind of kept in touch over the years. Uh, Walter was one of the last conversations I had pre-pandemic uh, after the Montreal game. 
Oh yeah, I remember that. That's was that the one um, where that's you when tried, Clark Hunt walked Yeah, by. that's when yeah. you try to shake Clark Clark Clark, bleh, Clark Clark Hunt's hand. Thank you. Yeah, hey, Kenny, I tried to Walter shake Clark Hunt's hand. Walter wanted to say cunt so bad. Yeah, I did. I did. His oh, now that's his brother Mike. <laughs> Hold on, was but that was also the game that Eden Hazard was like in the back or something, right? Yeah, he was he was there because he was having surgery. Yeah, in that's right. And I didn't have a media pass, so I couldn't go back there and go funnel his ass. <laughs> that big old juicy cake. Yeah, <laughs> boys packing. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that was He's a dumb pick. Was that also dollar beer night? No, dollar dog and dollar beer day. To God, that's was... a, that seemed like an eternity ago. Now it was, I guess, about almost exactly nine months. That goes to show Jeez. you guys that I still went to games. <laughs> that was a whole pregnant, a whole pregnancy a ago. Whole is how pregnancy. Long oh yeah. God. So any uh, any parting words do you guys have to uh, you know send people off with since it's the first time they've probably heard your voices in a while and it's probably be the last time they hear it for a while. No, I'm still pimping out my voice to all the local podcasts, so you'll probably hear me somewhere else in about three weeks. Yeah, I, I was gonna say yeah. Walter does the roundtable of FC Dallas podcast, and, that, and, and you know to speak on that, that's awesome. I mean, I remember when we started the 19th minute, there wasn't an podcast on followed fc dallas and that was kind of the reason we started it now you know there's you know multiple ones out there and you know that's really cool to see you know honestly you know kind of be retrospective a little bit but uh no that's really cool to see you know kind of people being more active with fc dallas and kind of having more voices being heard so well i'll go ahead and say that this podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the 19th minute if you guys want to feel all sentimental and oh Someone, uh, Walter, uh, can, you, can you cue up the music of the uh, sweet sitcom music no, for no, the no, no, studio no. audience? <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I don't have a soundboard. That's the one thing we did never did in like the five years that we did the podcast was we never had a soundboard. I always That's wanted that. to, but I don't even have music at the beginning. I can't yeah. be asked to do all that editing. Yeah. I tried to get Cobra to give me an outro. I, I remember, <laughs> we never got around to it when we when we were doing the nineteenth minute. Like, I think we had some really stupid intro that we had created. And then one of the guys that had listened worked at a radio station in Dallas. Yeah. And he literally just found us and like, hey, I put this together at work today. Here's an intro. I always wondered how y'all had such a like professional sounding. Uh, I figured you went on like five. I mean, this guy was a big deal, too. I'm not going to out him. Yeah. I'm not going to out his name. He was a big deal because yeah. he was in all of the promos for a local radio station. For sure. That's pretty badass. Yeah, he just. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. Yeah, it was, was maybe like, my shit. It was so well I'm, done. Yeah, it's really good. I, <laughs> I, like I said, I figured y'all just like, no. went on one of those little like freelance websites where some guys oh. like I do voice work because like I'll do. It. I I will say that I had an idea to write a like sad acoustic song for podcast for this one as like the intro song, just to uh use some of my other talents that I never so, use so, anymore. So this is how we're going to end the show. We're going to go full circle back to dashboard confessional. Yes. That's a great way. My hope is so high <laughs> that you, that the playoffs kill me. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I can just turn. That's a good idea. Actually, maybe I'll just parody that song into about FC Dallas. <laughs> there you go. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> I'm going to write that one down. Maybe, uh, maybe they can cop. No, it's parody. So you can use it without copyright, but all right. But yeah, it was, once again, it was, this was a lot of fun yep. and, uh, I appreciate you guys hopping on and, uh, hopefully, uh, 
I'll try to get another podcast out whenever maybe some more off-season news drops, if there is more. And before you know it, guys, it's going to be time for preseason. And uh, we'll be uh, ready for another season of hopefully not disappointing FC Dallas soccer. So thanks for listening. And uh, Merry Christmas, everyone, I guess I should say that. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, peace. Keep on keeping on. Thanks, everybody.